So I have another special guest on today's episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. We'll talk about some of the things that we've loved seeing so far this year from the Pistons. What's our biggest takeaway thus far and some areas that the Pistons should improve on to end the season going into the future. We'll talk about all that with our guests on today's episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. Per usual, I am your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button. It's the best way to support the podcast. We just crossed over 1,400 subs yesterday, I believe it was. So let's keep the push going for 2,000 subscribers. We want that in like the next two months or so. So if you haven't already and you're not watching this on YouTube, and even if you are watching this on YouTube and you haven't hit the subscribe button yet, make sure you guys go do that. Again, it's the best way to support the podcast. I'd really appreciate it. Um, but we've been on a little bit of a roll this week. We've had a lot of pack or a lot of guests on the podcast this week. We had Matt George of Lockdown Kings on last podcast to talk about trades potentially with Marvin Bagley and Rashawn Holmes. So if you guys are interested in those two guys, make sure you guys go check out that last episode. We had Bryce on as usual. He comes on like at least three times a week, it seems nowadays. Uh, but now we have a new guest who has never been on this podcast with me before. We had recorded one on my own podcast when I was starting up like three years ago, two years ago. But I think a lot of you guys will know who this is. Welcome, Tony Dombrowski, to the show. Tony, how you doing, man? Cool. It's great to be talking with you again. Thank you so much for inviting me, having me on. It truly is an honor. Absolutely, man. Go ahead and let everybody know where they can find you on Twitter. I think a lot of people who are listening to this and follow me on Twitter definitely probably follow you. already know who you are. But for those of you out there who don't have a Twitter or don't already follow them, let, him, let them everybody know where they can find you at. Yeah, I'm on Twitter, at Tony Dombrowski. Um, I make videos talking about Detroit sports, both on Twitter and on YouTube. Um, as Ku said, a lot of people probably listen to this already know who I am, but if you don't know who I am again, Twitter at Tony Nabrowski, I make videos talking about all things Detroit sports, including the Pistons. So if you do stop by and drop me a follow, I do appreciate it. So I, you know, I'll say this, you know, I, I, I consider myself, you know, I, I'm cocky and I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm the smartest person when it comes to Pistons basketball, you know, I, I'm pretty confident in that, but I'll say this. Tony is the one person I've seen, and then we'll get into some Pistons talks, but I, this is one thing I respect about Tony. I'm a fan of Detroit sports, but he quite literally knows, like, I feel like he's, like, well-adversed and and, and, and and smart, and, like, each Pistons, Red Wings, Tigers, Lions, like, personally, I don't like baseball. I can't get into <laughs> baseball. I'll root, I'll root for the Tigers, but, again, I don't really like hockey either, but I'll root for the Red Wings. Like, I, I rep them. Tony knows about the Red Wings, just like he knows about the Tigers, just like he knows like the Pistons, just like he knows about the Lions. I think you're one of the rare people out there who know like all four of your main city sports, like well-versed and everything. And, you know, that's the thing I like about my own kind of brand, if you will. You know, people don't just know me as, you know, the Pistons guy or the Tigers guy, Red Wings guy, Lions guy, so on and so forth. They know me as kind of that Detroit sports guy. And that that's kind of what I like about again, my own brand. So it's, it's a lot of hard work to be able to watch every single game all, all year long for all four of these teams. But at the same time, it's a lot of fun though. 
Yeah, definitely a lot of fun. I'd be, I'd be watching the Pistons games, hop on Twitter, I see Tony breaking down Red Wings game. I'm like, oh, <laughs> the Red Wings played? I'm like, I didn't even know. Uh, but we can get into some Pistons talk now. So, you know, we, we've been through a, a tough season so far. Obviously, the Pistons won the first overall pick, got Kate Cunningham. That obviously is going great. Everyone loves Cade. Cade is the real deal. But the Pistons have still only won 11 games. They're in their rebuild. We've talked about all kinds of things in the pocket, the, the intricacies of everything, uh, people's roles, how people have played, all the stuff that you can think of. We've talked about in the podcast. So let's keep it a little general here. What have you found through these games? The business only won like 11 games. What have you found that keeps you the most entertained, keeps you more plugged in with the Pistons, happy to watch the Pistons, and keeps your enjoyment level at least high enough to continue watching them, even though they're struggling to, to win games still? Yeah, I mean, it definitely hasn't been the season, at least I thought we were going to get coming into the season. Admittedly, I came into the season thinking we would be a little bit better than what we currently are. It is what it is. It'll be worth it when we hopefully get a top three pick again. But I mean, pretty much I'll say this, the thing that's really kept me engaged throughout this season has obviously been Kate Cunningham. I mean, if we didn't win the lottery and I'll also say, like, if we didn't get, like, a just a top three pick in general, I mean, with all due respect to every other player in the draft after, like, the first three, whew, it would have been really tough <laughs> to watch this season, you know? But Cade Cunningham, the fact that he's on this team, and even though he hasn't even played a full season yet, the fact that we know that we have a superstar on this team who has it, it, that's what kind of keeps not just me, but I think every Pistons fan going right now, because like you said, it is kind of a tough watch right now. They're not winning too many games, but the hardest thing in a rebuild is finding the guy who has it. And I think it's safe to say that Cade Cunningham has it, you know, every single night that you watch the Pistons, he could have a game like he just did against Denver where he drops 34, eight and eight with four and two, you know, Every time you watch, there's that potential that he has a game like that. And that's kind of what gets me up for these games, if you will. You know, if Kate wasn't on this team, it was kind of like last year where it's like, all right, let's see what, you know, Killian or Sadiq or Beef Stew can do. But, and with all due respect to them, I'm not taking shots at them, but like, you know, the point I'm making here, getting up to watch Kate every single night, that's the kind of thing that keeps me going throughout these games. Absolutely. I think that's probably the answer for most, I would say like 99% of the fans right now. Uh, And, you know, it definitely is reaching, I think, peak storm here because like you said, he's coming off that 34.8 rebound, eight assists, four blocks, two steal games, something only one other rookie has ever done. The GOAT himself, Michael Jeffrey Jordan did. So, you know, he finds himself in some great company there. And coming off of that, obviously, I think that's kind of sparked uh, some conversation going on on Twitter and the Pistons community and just in the NBA community is, in general is Kate Cunningham after a rough start, like over the first seven games and having to deal with that ankle injury that made him miss like the first however many games. Is he the rookie of the year now? Is he taking control of the rookie of the year? I think there's only one other guy competing with him right now for that. And that's Evan Mobley. And Evan Mobley is great. He, I think these two guys are going to be electrifying for the next 10 to 15 years. It's going to be great stuff. So this, let me ask you this. If you try to put your biases aside, if you if you can, it's hard for me to to I'm to, decked out in Detroit gear here. Oh, yeah, there's I, no I mean, bias here. I tr- trust me, there's no bias here. Oh, trust me. You you're talking to the dude with the with the teal pistons hat on with Cunningham in the back <laughs> and Stafford Stafford in the back. But uh 
Do you think that Cade right now is the rookie of the year? And if not, do you think he will reach it by the end of the year? Like I said, it is close competition with the Evan Mobley from Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, listen, no bias here. I do think Cade is the rookie of the year right now just because I think he plays a more premium position in the NBA. And this isn't anything against Evan Mobley. You said you like Evan Mobley. I like Evan Mobley a lot, too. In a world where the Pistons didn't win the lottery, and like let's say they get a second or third overall pick. Seriously, I would have been saying let's go get Evan Mobley, probably over Jalen Green, because that's just how good I knew Evan Mobley would be, and a lot of people knew that Evan Mobley would be. Like, don't get me wrong, Evan Mobley's a stud, and he's gonna be a star in this league for a long time. He's already fantastic right now, and he'll be really good for a long time. But Kate Cunningham, man, he he's he just has it. And like I said earlier, the most important thing in a rebuild is finding someone who has it, that superstar who is going to kind of be your franchise guy, and that's Cade Cunningham. And the reason I think he's the rookie of the year right now is because he plays a more premium position, given we're not winning as many games as, say, Cleveland is, but he plays a more premium position. He was the number one overall pick. And Cade is also doing stuff that – we haven't seen before. I mean, you mentioned the whole uh, first rookie since Michael Jordan to drop 34 a eight in a game. I mean, that, that's ridiculous <laughs> to even be yeah. in a stat like that with Michael Jordan, you know, Cade's every time Cade does something cool, Bally always shows like a graphic of like, Oh yeah, he's, uh, he's doing this and he's, um, with like on a list Grant, with some other yeah, guys. Yeah, he's on a list with like Grant Hill or Isaiah Thomas or something like that. Exactly. Like every single night we watch him and he does something, he's in one of those lists. So, you know, to me personally, putting my bias aside, that's why I really do feel like he is the rookie of the year for sure. Yeah, and, and I'll close the close the, the segment with this. I, I think Kate is going to win it by the end of the year. I think I think it's tough. I would have him top right now, but I think it's tough because Evan Mobley has been great and Mm Cade did struggle out the gate and had the ankle injury. So I think that's kind of like pulling people down on voting for Cade right now if you were taking votes right now. And also his season averages are down because of how much he shot in the first seven games, how much he missed. If you just take away those first seven games, he's he's looking like like a real stud, like the number one overall pick. But not everyone's doing that. So I get why people outside of Detroit are probably saying, you know, Evan Mobley's it. But I think we've seen not only is Kay Cunningham the best rookie in the draft, I think by the end of the year, it's going to be pretty clear. His season averages will get up to where like the casual will be able to look at his box score or basketball reference page and be like, hey, that dude actually had a good season. And then there you go. If I can add something really quickly to kind of bounce off the point that you made, another argument that I could make for why Kate is the rookie of the year right now is because of the way he's been able to bounce back after the ankle injury and after the rough starts. The fact that he's been able to bounce back after having such a a poor, I guess you, you can say a poor start to his career, and just now doing this consistently each and every night, that's another argument that I can make for why I think he's a rookie of the year right now. Yeah, absolutely. We all love Cade, and hopefully he does win rookie of the year. We all want him to, and I think he's going to be deserving of it by the end of the year. But when we come back, we'll talk about some of the development of some of the other guys around Cade, what we think about that so far in the season. We'll get Tony's perspective on that. But first, I have to tell you guys about some of our sponsors. First up, let me tell you a little bit about BetOnline AG. BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year. 
as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for the 2022 season. New year and new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all their amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. So again, go check out their new update desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to get started. BetOnline, where the game starts. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you haven't already, go hit that subscribe button over on the YouTube channel. If you're watching this on YouTube and you haven't hit that subscribe button already for some reason, go ahead and do that. It's the best way to support the podcast. I'd really appreciate it. We're on the road to 2,000 subscribers now. I haven't put an official date on when I want to hit that by, but let's just say, put like in a range of like two months. I think we can get there. We're at 1,400 right now. Let's see if we can get there and continue to show why we're the best fan base at the Locked On Network. Go hit that subscribe button over the YouTube channel. I'd really appreciate it. Uh, but, yeah, again, we're with Tony Dombrowski here, if you guys somehow forgot that over the ad break. Um, so, Tony, there's outside of Kay Cunningham, there's obviously some other young guys on the team um, that are relatively important to the, to, to the success of the Pistons in the future uh, and are part of the so-called young core of the Pistons. We're talking about Sadiq Bey, Killian Hayes, Isaiah Stewart, also, maybe even Hamadou Diallo. Uh, so, I, I think there's been a lot of things that have happened this season. What do you think about the development of these guys? I think some of these guys have impressed. Some of these guys, maybe you could say, have regressed. Some of these guys are in this little controversial middle where people don't know what to think about them. Uh, just where do you stand with those four guys in particular? And if you have any other young guys that you want to bring up, you go ahead. But those four guys in particular, what, what do you think about what you've seen from them so far this year? Yeah, so let, let's start with the three. Well, you can even put Hamadou in this conversation too, but our three first-round picks from last year and also Hamadou, each one of them kind of have like their own different story from this season. Yeah. Um, We'll start with Sadiq here. You know, he kind of had a rough start to the season. There's no denying that. Um, it got to a point where half the fan base was saying trade him away, <laughs> which that that's a that's a conversation for a different day. But kind of similar to Cade, after a little bit of a rough start, he really picked it up. And now it's gotten to a point where I feel like it it's comfortable to where I can say he is absolutely a building block for the future going forward. Like that's how good Sadiq Bay has been this season. And you know, similar to how we talked about with Cade how impressive it's been to see Cade bounce back from such a rough start. You could say the same thing about Sadiq Bey. You know, he was, again, not performing well to start the season. So to see the way he's been able to bounce back this year, that's been really nice to see. And like I said, I feel like that's kind of a a good step forward now because I can comfortably say that he's a building block for this franchise going forward. So that's Sadiq Bey. Isaiah Stewart will go to him next. Yeah, I mean, it hasn't obviously been the season we were necessarily looking for from Isaiah Stewart. Um, you know, the, the season that he's had, he's regressed a little bit for sure. And it, I, I'm not going to say he's not like a piece for the future. That's not what all I'm saying. But I feel like I'm not the only person who feels like the Pistons might need to 
maybe look for another starting center in this offseason and maybe move Isaiah Stewart back to the bench. That's just kind of been the season that he's had. Now, it's not at all to kind of like say, oh, Isaiah's not a piece of the future. That's not at all what I'm saying. But the season that he's had, maybe just a bit of a sophomore slump, you know, that sophomore slumps do happen. So maybe that's just it. But with the season Isaiah's had, I'm kind of feeling like he might be better off the bench going forward, unfortunately. But I mean, I still really like what Isaiah Stewart brings to the table. I mean, that man is a Detroit Piston with the motor that he brings and the energy that he has every single night. That That's very valuable for us going forward. Um, I'll save Killian for last, our boy Killian. I'll save him for last. Hamadou, Hamadou wasn't even playing to start the season. Yeah. <laughs> Hamadou wasn't even playing to start the season. There was that whole thing with Pistons Twitter where it's like, why is he not playing? Oh, we should just trade him away to Sacramento or something. Just give him a fresh new start since he's not even playing here. He went from not playing with us to having a some type of conversation with Troy Weaver. Whatever happened in that conversation, it, it something clicked. And now he's getting consistent starting minutes with his team. And he's been performing really, really well. And you're now seeing why people like me were upset with the fact that he wasn't even playing to start the season. Like this dude can jump out of the gym. Yeah. Like, sometimes he has it's ridiculous. Like he doesn't even have to dunk sometimes. He just gets up and he his head is over the rim. It's like you see? <laughs> like this is yeah. why this is why me and a lot of other people have been saying play him, please. He's just so athletic and he can jump out of the gym and to go from not playing at all this season to now getting starting minutes and playing really, really well. And now he's a, I think he can definitely be a building block for this team going forward too. That's really nice to see. And then the last player I'll mention here is obviously Killian, our guy. I mean, listen, it's kind of ironic that me and you are talking about Killian right now, because I, I feel like we might be two of the biggest Killian defenders (laughs) that you'll find on Twitter. Listen, has Killian throughout his first two seasons of his career, has he taken the amount of steps forward that I would have liked to have seen? No, not necessarily. But, and people ask me this all the time on Twitter, why do you constantly defend Killian Hayes? He's, oh, he's a bust. He's not any good. Because he's 20 years old. Like, he hasn't even played 82 games, period, let alone an 82-game season. Uh, Me, personally, I just hate giving up on players when they're still so young and so raw like Killian is because I mean I'm not saying you had to be a draft expert when Killian came out but if you even did just a little bit of draft homework you would have known that it's going to take time for Killian to develop that ability to score the basketball he's going to come into this league and be a really good playmaker an excellent passer of the basketball and a hell of a defender and that's exactly what we're seeing the scoring is going to come. And in fact, I think that's what Dwayne Casey said earlier today in a quote during practice. Like that scoring is going to come. It's going to take time. He's 20 years old. He hasn't even played in 82 games period, let alone 82 game season. Like I know things haven't been perfect with Killian, but the reason I still believe in him is because we, we still see flashes, you know, and that's why I still really think that he could be a piece for us going forward. Yeah, I, I think something you said earlier on is, is is really just like the definition of these guys is that each guy has like their own story to how this season has went for them. 
You have Sadiq who had a really rough start trying to figure out how to play. You was trying to play and do a type, play a type of way that maybe wasn't best suited for him. And then he completely flipped the script once Jeremy Grant got hurt. And now he's found his way playing a different type of way, a way that more suits him. And he's playing extremely well doing that over the last 21 or so games. You have Hamadou Diallo, who at the beginning of the season wasn't playing, got into that confrontation with Dwayne Casey on the sideline. Troy Reaver pulls him back to the locker room. Ever since then, like you said, the story has flipped on him. A whole, like a two, a tale of two stories there. You got Isaiah Stewart, who I, we've talked about a lot on this podcast, who I feel like definitely probably would be better off the bench. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. The 16th overall pick, getting a high level backup at that position, that's fine. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, and then, like you said, Killian. Killian, I feel like, is the most controversial player on the Pistons. I think he was even more controversial than Sekou Dumboya was when he was here. I think Killian might be the oh, most controversial. Sure. Yeah, I think he might be the most controversial Piston we've seen in a few years. Uh, but there's plenty of things to like about Killian, plenty of things not to like right now. Uh, and like Dwayne Casey said today, and I'm just going to reinforce this because I've said this on the podcast a few times, Killian Hayes is going to get we, – we brought the we brought the graphic on, on onto the screen and, and, and talked about the graphic uh, a few days ago, or last week I believe it was, when Detroit Bad Boys put out the article that – it was the title was Killian Hayes is bad. And in that graphic, they showed six people, six players who have shot the ball the way Killian has. And in those six players, one of them's Killian. One of them's a guy who was drafted at like 24, 25, who came from overseas. And was basically, I had to compare him to Gigi Tatome when he was like a star over there and you just brought him over because you thought he'd be good. And the other person's Emmanuel Mudiay. So basically you have one guy out of there. I feel like that you can really count as a, because Killian obviously can't count yet. And the other guys, Lonzo Ball, who's an excellent player. Brandon Ingram, who's an excellent player, and Ricky Rubio, who was having an excellent season for the Cleveland Cavaliers before he tore his ACL, and obviously has been a good player in this league for a long time, has been a part of really good teams in Utah. So I feel like the success rate on guys who look like Killian, or play like Killian, not like look like him, I don't think any of us would would say that anyone looks like Killian Hayes, he's like a GQ model out there, but uh, let's leave that to another day, but like guys who have played like Killian, the success rate actually is pretty high. And the thing that keeps those guys that kept those guys on the floor and kept teams interested in them and, and, and trying to develop them is the fact they had other NBA skills keeping them on the floor that made them worth value. And you saw like Tony mentioned the quote today from Dwayne Casey. Dwayne Casey kind of hit on that today. That he does other things well. He says Dwayne uh, Dwayne Casey says Killing does other things well. He does uh, he has skills. He's big. He sees the floor. He's strong. And like anyone else, the shooting is going to come. Killian is a good defender. Killian's a good passer. And the other stuff has to come, but he's going to be given that time because he has those other skills that will keep him on the NBA floor. And like the other guys, Sadiq is, I, I feel like Sadiq has secured himself as a piece of the future, like you said, Tony, because of how he's played this far, especially without Jeremy Grant on the floor, which is, I think that's going to be a major reason why Jeremy Grant eventually gets traded soon. Uh, Hamdou Diallo has been a good story to see him turn it around and play extremely well how he's been playing. And then also Isaiah Stewart. I think Isaiah Stewart really would just look better if he just came off the bench. I feel like at this point, uh, once Kelly Olynyk gets back to full strength because he's in health and safety protocols now after returning from his injury, once he gets to full strength and has full like conditioning underneath him and all that stuff, I think it would be a disservice to Isaiah Stewart, honestly, to keep starting him because it's kind of setting him up to failure, I feel like, at this point. He's not, he's not ready for that. He's not as skilled as the other big guy he's going against. And the skill set that he has – isn't suited as a starter right now. The high energy, just outwork you kind of thing. That works against other bench guys that you can outwork and out energy. But when you're going against a guy who's more skilled than you and also works hard, then it's like a it, it's hard. So those are, those are my thoughts. I appreciate what you think. 
let everyone listen to the podcast. Comment down below what you think about what we thought or we've said about the Pistons' young core season. If you disagree or agree, how you feel about each one of these guys moving forward, let us all know in the comment section down below on YouTube. Or if you're not watching this on YouTube and you listen on podcast, go let us know on Twitter. You can find me at Kuki Hill. You can also find Tony at Tony Dombrowski. Uh, but when we come back, we'll talk about something we want to see moving forward, something improved, something we want to see change, something we want to see become better for the Pistons' future. We'll talk about that when we come back from this ad break. But first, I have to tell you guys about one of our sponsors. You guys' favorite sponsor. You guys know what it is. Built Bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include a Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good you'll actually want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars that can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill, you want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By like week three, you might be thinking, this is just not it. Where's the chocolate at? Well, actually, Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Built Bars also contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. So here's an idea for the new year. Go to all your secret treat stashes at home, in the pantry, at the office, in the car, wherever. Throw out all the sugary or calorie-filled treats and replace them with Built Bars. So when you're craving a snack or a treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. And there's so many flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many, many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new and limited-time flavors. So check out Built.com often to see what's new. Again, go to Built.com, but this time use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. That's LOCK15 to get 15% off your order at Built.com. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. It's the best way to support the podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube already and you haven't hit that subscribe button, make sure you go do that. Again, it's the best way to support the podcast. I would really appreciate it. But, Tony, we've had fun on here, man. But let's 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 try it. Let's talk about something maybe a little bit more negative and shift oh, it to no. something positive. What's What's one thing from this season so far? that you feel like that you want to see change or you need to see improve or something you just want something different with the Pistons, something you've seen and and realized, okay, maybe this needs to change or this has to get better or something like that. What's, what's one thing that jumps off your mind immediately that you think the Pistons can do to address something in your mind moving forward? What is it? Well, the first thing that really came to my mind was it's not fun to watch a lot of these games where we're getting – destroyed inside the paint and we just can't stop any of their big men down there. So like to kind of bounce off the topic where we were talking about Isaiah Stewart and where he might be better off the bench. You know, first of all, there's nothing wrong with that, by the way, you brought that up with Isaiah Stewart. There's nothing wrong with him being a good player off the bench, but I, I mean, everybody, every Pistons fan probably agrees with this, but the biggest thing to me going forward is that we should probably get, at least another big man down there, which there's a lot of different avenues that you could go down to fill that answer. You could go through the draft. If we get some lottery luck and get one of those top three picks, you could go in free agency, maybe get a guy like DeAndre Ayn, perhaps. You know, there's a lot of different ways that the Pistons could address that need, if you will. But yeah, that's kind of the, the first thing that jumped to my head when you asked that question. So obviously Jeremy Grant has been, 
on the trade market. He's been in a ton of trade rumors. We've had Wold, Shams, all kinds of reporters say that he is the hottest commodity on the market in the trade market right now. You mentioned the need for a big guy. Do you, if you were the Pistons or what, simply your opinion, should the Pistons use Jimmy Grant to try to go address that need for this season and potentially moving forward? Uh, I know there's been rumors about possibly Rashawn Holmes the Pistons are interested in. Would you want them to go for a guy like Rashawn Holmes? Or I don't think the Pistons are going to be able to get this guy, but he's in the trade market as well, Miles Turner. Uh, I know John Collins is popping up. But he's not really a five. He's more of a four, but he would kind of fill that kind of down low presence uh, offensively at least. Um, would you want them to address this need more so immediately to help throughout the rest of the season? And if, you know, some of these guys have longer contracts, uh, John Collins as well. Uh, Sean Holmes, I believe, is on, has three more years on his contract as well. Do you want them to try and find that with the Jeremy Grant trade? Or like you said, would you just wait for the draft or wait for free agency? I mean, you definitely could try to use Jeremy Grant to fill that big man need for this basketball team. I definitely don't think that's a bad idea. But at the same time, as you just said, and as I just said as well, I mean, it's there's a quote out there that the Pistons want a top three pick. I don't remember where it's from, but there's a quote out there that talks about the Pistons really want a top three pick in this year's draft. So because the Pistons want a top three pick to probably take one of those three big men in the draft, and they've also kind of been linked to DeAndre A in this offseason, um, I feel like you could also just wait until this offseason to try to fill that big man need and then just take Jeremy Grant. And if you trade him, just try to get the best deal possible for the future of this team instead of trying to fill the biggest need for the team, if that makes sense. Fair enough. I, I think the, the cool thing about this is going to be the fact that the Pistons have so many different avenues they can take. They have a hot commodity and asset and Jeremy Grant, they could try to go and swing to get some guy in the trademark before February 10th, which would be the trade deadline. They have enough cap spaces off season where they can realistically go after one of the bigger names in free agency at the bigger at the big man position. They've also been linked to an, a guard and Jalen Brunson. So they have money in free agency to be able to attack needs. And they also are going to have a high pick in the draft. So they have multiple different ways to try to figure this roster out, try to figure out a, ways to shore up some things moving forward i think it's gonna be incredibly interesting to watch that a lot of fun to do so because of the fact that they have so many different ways to pick out each each need and, and, and figure it out in the last few years with the pistons they've always usually been you know strung just by something cap or not having a high pick being somewhere between like the this eighth and 12th pick or 13th pick or not having any assets remember just a few years ago they had their best asset probably like luke Kennard or bruce brown or something so i think it's been a far far place that we've come from and it's definitely gonna be interesting to watch the rest of the year and this offseason see how they shore up these things so last thing i want to talk with you though before we wrap up the podcast obviously we've mentioned it a few times now jeremy grant hot commodity very likely to be traded i've said in the podcast before you guys can take this with how you guys want uh jeremy grant will be traded by the pistons in my in my belief uh and i believe the pistons will get what they want for jeremy grant uh, I don't think they're going to sell him for the dollar. I have full belief that they'll get exactly what they want for him. Uh, and I've told you guys who are listening to the podcast over and over and over that if Jeremy Grant is still on the roster past the deadline, you guys can pick for something for me to do. You guys can pick 
me eat a tweet or me eat a piece of paper. Or I had one of you guys actually tweet me. This one was a fun one. A- actually, let me say this. For those of you guys who keep asking me to shave the beard, listen, I know you guys are mad that oh, I didn't no. shave my beard in the offseason when we won that lottery pick, but I have a fiance in the other room. That would absolutely kill me if I did, if I shaved my beard. So that's just not going to happen, guys. It's not. But I had one of you guys tell me to drink a cup of salt or something. Like, if that happens and he's not – traded after the deadline you guys can pick whatever it is i'll put it to a poll and we can see which which one gets voted on but that's how confident i am that he will be traded tony do you believe that he'll be traded and do you have any like preferred destinations that you think he'll go to or specific players that you'd like in return any players you're interested in seeing possibly come back to the pistons have you thought about any of that or are you just like rolling with the rolling with the stride and just saying you know what whatever happens happens we'll see what goes on no, I mean, I've definitely thought about what could happen with Jeremy Grant because, I mean, he's one of the bigger names on this team, and he was our big free agency splash just one off season ago. So I've definitely thought about it, and I do agree with you. Honestly, if you had to make me choose, I, I do feel like he will get traded because if you remember last trade deadline, even last off season, there were more rumors about Jeremy Grant getting traded and it seemed like that got shut down completely. You know, there were rumors that the Pistons were getting offered like three first round picks or whatever it was. And like that didn't get taken, you know? So it just felt like all the past Jeremy trade talk would always get shut down immediately. And that's why I never felt like Jeremy was going to get traded at that time. But now that it's been, you know, public knowledge that the Pistons are listening to calls and making offers with Jeremy Grant in them. Yeah, it kind of feels like Troy Weaver's, I'll say, comfortable with the idea of trading Jeremy Grant. And it does feel like since he's one of the bigger names out there, it does feel like that he probably will get moved before the trade deadline. Now, if I have to pick a team that I would like to see him go to, I mean, it sucks that they have a bunch of injuries, but I, I still would like to see him in Chicago mostly because I would like Patrick Williams on this basketball team. Of course, but, of course. Yeah, of course. And I think Troy Weaver will probably prefer that too. Apparently he gave him a draft promise on the night of the 2020 draft, which is interesting. But yeah, I would say Chicago is a team that I'm interested in, mostly because I want Patrick um, Williams on this basketball team. Uh, hearing the John Collins rumors is exciting, I'll say. I'll use that word. Um I would like to see John Collins on this team, and I would like to see Jeremy Grant in Atlanta with Trey Young as well. Uh, you're hearing Sacramento out there. I, I've always kind of been a Marvin Bagley guy. I wouldn't mind seeing him here. Jeremy Grant's an interesting piece to talk about around this time of the year because there's a lot of different places that he could really fit in, you know. But those are kind of the three teams and the three players coming back in a possible deal that I, I'm really keeping my eye on. All right, fair enough. I, I will say this for all you guys out there before we wrap up the podcast. I said I was just a guest on another podcast earlier today, and I said this. I just want to say this for you guys. Tony mentioned some of the teams that are rumored to be interested in Jeremy Grant, but just remember, I, I'm just going to point this out again. A few years ago when the Pistons traded for Blake Griffin, there was no noise about the Pistons shopping for a Blake Griffin or shopping for a superstar, and there was no noise that the Clippers were shopping Blake Griffin. So – and I feel like this happens with the Pistons a lot, to be honest, more than the other teams. That like sneaky teams come out that you haven't heard about. The Pistons come out of nowhere with like a for a player that they don't really it hasn't been rumored about, and all of a sudden they get him. Like I don't think there was any noise or or any idea that the Pistons were going to trade Fee or 
they wanted Hamadou Diallo or something. I, there was a little bit of connection because of Troy and, and Hamadou, but I don't think there was any noise about that before. Uh, so Kings, Hawks, uh, the Bulls. But again, I, I'm going to keep it straight. I, I wouldn't be surprised if one of these teams that you just haven't heard about trade for Jeremy Grant. I know the Knicks just trade for Cam Reddish, but maybe they did that to try to get enough ammo to get Jeremy Grant. Uh, there's a bunch of other teams that have been inter- interested in Jeremy. I mean, there was a report like a week and a half ago that said damn near the whole league is called the Pistons about Jeremy Grant. So I, I think he's going to be gone. I think it's going to be interesting. I, I really do believe at this point that it may be a team that we haven't heard about a lot that ends up going and making this move for him. So it'll be interesting to watch for sure how it happens. Uh, it's definitely going to bring some more interest into the Pistons season because they're going to get a new shiny toy for everyone to watch. Uh, it's going to be fun. Uh, it's gonna, definitely it's going to be it, it's going to be interesting to see what it actually Jeremy Grant value is because you're gonna you've been seeing a bunch of different things about what his value is uh, for the last few months. So once this whole thing wraps up, I think it's gonna be a fun thing to watch and, and look back on. If I can add one more thing really quickly, and you brought this up already, but I do agree with you to kind of bounce off that point. Trey Weaver is for sure going to try to get what he wants. I don't think he trades Jeremy unless he gets something that's really going to improve the future of this team. Now, we don't know what exactly that is, but I remember seeing a tweet a few weeks ago that the Pistons are simply looking for future assets, young players, picks, maybe a little bit of both, whatever. And I agree with you that Troy Weaver is not going to move a guy like Jeremy Grant unless he gets that. And I think he might get that with the amount of interest that there is around the league for Jeremy. Yeah, I've said this for a while on the podcast. Again, it's going to be a bidding war. All the teams want him. Contenders want him. Now, maybe I maybe it may not be as much as some fans think, but actually I feel like most Pistons fans have kind of tempered their expectations. I've went to a point where I think you guys should kind of raise your guys' expectations. I think you're actually going to get a good value back for Jeremy. But we're at 38 minutes. We're going to wrap it up there. Tony, thank you for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. Let everybody know where they can find you, some of your work. I know you host a podcast as well. Let them know where they can find that at and everything. Yeah, so um, the podcast, Trash Talk with Tony Browski, you can find that on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Tony Nabrowski. I'm on YouTube as well. It's just my name, Tony Nabrowski. And uh, cool, again, thank you so much for having me on. It's been, it's been fun. It's been a pleasure. And uh, thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely, man. We can do this another time as well, man. We, it, it's always a lot of fun, man. Always a lot of fun. Again, make sure you guys go check out Tony. On Twitter, man, like I said, he's not just a Pistons guy. I know a lot of you guys listening, obviously a Detroit fan. So if you want someone who will keep you up to date with not just the Pistons, but the Red Wings, Tigers, Lions, all that stuff, reactions daily to each team, go check out Tony, man. He's a good follow for that. Uh, And like I said, he keeps you updated with literally every Detroit sports team. Uh, It's a great follow. It's literally the only way I know anything going on with the Tigers. I'm not joking. Like, like, I don't know anything about baseball, really. I don't like baseball, but the only reason why I knew the Piss, or not the Piss, the Tigers went out and got that uh, shortstop from. Javi Baez. Yeah, Javi yeah. Baez. The only reason why I know about that is because I thought Tony <laughs> reacted to it. That is literally the only reason why. So, if you're like me, you want to just be updated and kept up, not, maybe not as interested, but just want to be kept up, go check out Tony on Twitter. You'll be a good follow. I appreciate uh, that, guys. man. Thank you. Absolutely. Go th- uh, thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free to available on your podcast platforms. If you're listening to this on YouTube, even if you're not listening to this on YouTube, go hit that subscribe button at Lockdown Pistons on YouTube. It's the best way to support the podcast. Make sure you guys go make Lockdown Bets your second listen of every day, your daily one-stop shop for all your betting needs, hosted by your boy Q, and 
professional analysis from Lee Sterling. It's the best way to keep up with all your betting needs. Go check out Lockdown Bets to make your second listen of every day. And until the next podcast, I'll see you guys later. Enjoy the game tonight. I'll see you guys then. Peace out, everybody, and go Pistons.